everybody, Chris Harry with you on Chargers Weekly, less than two weeks out from the NFL Draft. A bit later, we'll talk some Chargers and spin around the league with NFL Network's Colleen Wolf. But first, former NFL quarterback Bruce Gradkowski takes us to grad school. Bruce has dug deep into this NFL Draft class, so we'll get into the quarterbacks. Plus, Bruce's admiration for Phillip Rivers and his rare longevity at the position. And as promised, Bruce Gradkowski joins me on Chargers Weekly. And Bruce, you've been all over the country these past couple of months. I met you at USC's Pro Day. I think you were at Wyoming's Pro Day. I saw you on uh, Good Morning Football a couple of weeks ago. How has the transition been from the playing field to behind the mic now? You know, it's a little different. You know, I appreciate you having me on, Chris. And it's definitely different. You know, you miss that camaraderie in the locker room, but I'm still getting my fill uh, going to these pro days, you know, I'm in, shoot, Laramie, Wyoming. I didn't even know where that was. <laughs> you know that was a place. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, seriously, they lose my bag, my luggage. All I cared about was getting to Josh Allen's pro day. But So it's it's good to continue to be involved with football, um, and that, that keeps me up because I love it. You know, I've played it my whole life, so to still continue to be a part of it is fun. Bruce, this draft evaluation process is so long. It seems to be longer than ever. Uh, what do you remember about this process when you were coming out of Toledo and you were a six-round pick in 2006? It's got to be like it was yesterday, man. Yeah, no, it does. It feels like it was yesterday. and In another sense, it feels so long ago. But you're right. This draft process feels so long. It may be because I'm studying these quarterbacks more, but when I came out as a rookie – and rookies nowadays, this is their longest season because you finish your college career, you go right into playing in an all-star game, right into training for the combine, training for your pro day, private workouts, the draft, rookie mini camp comes, then your regular off-season program with the team, then you have a little break before training camp, but it is nonstop for these college football players. So this rookie year is the longest time for them in the NFL, they really don't have an off season. So that's, what's going to separate some of these young guys is how they can handle that. Bruce, take me inside those rooms at the combine in 2006, when you're being interviewed by all these NFL teams and they're coming to Toledo for your pro day. How stressful is that process for, for a young athlete that's trying to get to the next level? It seems like a whirlwind because you have the pro day, you have the combine, you have these private workouts, and it's all a lead up into the NFL draft in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's really stressful because you feel like you have to be perfect. There's a ton of eyes on you. You know, at the combine, honestly, it feels like a meat market. You know, you walk up on stage and just your boxers and they weigh you, they do your height. You know, you have hundreds of scouts and coaches in an auditorium just staring at you and you feel like you have to be perfect, look perfect, speak perfect. So these meetings are always a little nerve wracking, but you know, I had a meeting with the Eagles. I remember with Andy Reed and Pat Shermer was their quarterback coach. And Pat Shermer was one of the coaches that came to all my stuff, you know, came to Toledo to work me out, came to my pro day, you know, visited with me at the combine. And, um, but it was cool. You know, I was actually sitting in the meeting with Andy Reed. He's eating a bag of potato chips and he's <laughs> talking about, uh, about my Toledo coach. He's like, Hey, you're Toledo coach. He's a heavier set guy, right? I like that guy. I like him. <laughs> As he's eating a bag of potato chips. And, but so he really made it relaxing for me to, to just, you know, be myself in that meeting. But 
it was just a great experience. Something I'll, I'll always be thankful for going through that. Um, but like I said, one thing after the other, you always felt like you had to be perfect through those situations. Well, you played eight years in the league. You started 20 games in the NFL. And Bruce, you backed up guys like Jeff Garcia and Andy Dalton and, of course, Ben Roethlisberger. I want to bring it back to the Chargers because currently Geno Smith, Cardell Jones are on this roster. They're competing to back up Phillip Rivers. Uh, what was your mentality entering the building every day? And, and what's the most important characteristic of a backup quarterback in the NFL? Well, you know, I was the type of guy that I always felt like my time was coming. So I never, I always wanted to be prepared. Sure. You know, I always thought whether I was backing up Andy Dalton, um, Jeff Garcia, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I always knew I was one play away. And I honestly, I'd always envision it and visualize it that I was like a Nick Foles. You know, I felt like that was going to be me. You know, the starter goes down, you come in, you win a Super Bowl, you're the hero. <laughs> Um, and it, ne it never happened that way, but that's kind of how you have to prepare your mind. You have to know that you're one snap away every day. You have to prepare as if you're the starter and it's a lot more mental re reps than actual, actual physical reps. And, um, and that's just how you have to go about it. And, and that's, it's tough. You know, it's a constant grind and to stay on top of your game because you're not really playing. So it's easy to sometimes get relaxed and into a law. Bruce, what did you learn from Ben? Because, I mean, that's another guy from that 2004 quarterback class that Phillip was a part of. You know, a future Hall of Famer. I have to imagine backing him up, learning from him. What, what can somebody of that caliber teach guys behind him? You know, ben is, ben is a football player. You know, we can talk X's and O's all day long. But when it comes to it, Ben knows how to make plays in those critical down and distances in those critical situations. And honestly, that's what separates the great ones. You know, you can be awesome on paper or know exactly what to do, but unless you have that poise and composure to make plays when, when needed, when counted on in the red zone, a fourth down, a key third down, you know, those are the times that separates, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. I mean, those are, those guys are making plays in key moments. So that's what I learned from Ben is being around him, just his poise. You know, he's such a competitor. Everything he did, he he had to win at. Every day he came out to practice, he was practicing to beat the defense. You know, I, I've never met anyone as, as a, such a competitor as he is. Um, so that was kind of the cool part of being around him so much. And like Ben, Phillip entering his 15th year in the league, and as a former quarterback, man, you played eight years. You are way above the average of, of years in the NFL. Uh, as a former quarterback, put it into words how difficult and rare it is to play 15 years at the quarterback position in the NFL. Well, it's crazy. You know, and, and, and I don't mean to correct you, Chris, but it was 11 years. You know, it's crazy. It's hard to believe, but I know online, I don't know why it says eight. My last two years, though, I was on, on IR off and on. So that's well, they're not counting. Hurt, they're but... not counting that, Bruce. You got to get, you got to get that changed. Hey, you're right. I, <laughs> see, I got to, I want to count. I got to count every year, you know. You got <laughs> but, to, man. Uh, it, and then probably 15 years from now, I play, I'm going to say I played 20 years, you know, so it's going to go up every couple of <laughs> <Yes>. years. <laughs> But, um, no, I just have so much respect for a guy like Phillip Rivers that, I mean, it's hard enough to be good in the NFL and win, and um, but to be consistently good year in and year out, 
to be a franchise quarterback. I mean, you see it from Phillip Rivers, you know, me watching from afar. I've always appreciated his competitiveness. I always loved it. I loved the way he took the field, the way he played. Even if, you know, the Chargers were playing in the last game of the year with no playoff hopes, that guy's stepping on the field to win. It, it, you can't tell if it's, uh, if you're playing for the Super Bowl or if you're playing for nothing. Phil Rivers comes out the same way each and every game. And that's what I really respected about watching him play. You know, watching him play through torn ACL uh, in his younger years. I mean, he's just such a competitor. And, you know, it was good to see him have a good season last year. Um, and, and it's amazing for me to watch these guys. As they get older, they continually get better. Um, and that's just, you know, my, my main thing with Rivers is just his, his competitiveness. I think these guys find a way to adapt. You know, when you lose some of your – your physical capabilities, you got to be smart above the the shoulders, man. You have to find ways to get the ball out of your hands quicker. And, and I think guys like Phillip, they just find a way to get it done. No, he does. And he finds a way to, to get to the facility too with his big uh, SUV. That's right. Bus, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, a guy like that, and I just, I saw one of his quotes about how important, you know, his family is, but also he's not going to let his teammates down and just to find a way to make it work and, you know, to have eight kids. I mean, I have three of my own, so I, I, I got to get some pointers from him because I don't know how he does it with eight. <laughs> and, uh, but it's really cool to see that, you know, because I know as a quarter, quarterback how important film study is. So to me, seeing that SUV he put together, it makes sense. I mean, because now you actually have time in your office to watch film, to get more things done. Um, and that probably helps him out, you know, and it, it's cool to see, but it's, it's also cool to see the sacrifices he makes. Um, people can look at the dollar signs. Oh, well he made, you know, how much money, but the sacrifices that go into it, these guys don't play the game for the money. You know, they truly love it. They have a passion for it and it's about their teammates. It's about trying to win and win championships. And that's what I respect about them. And but that that's cool. I mean, have have you been inside that van at all? No, I, I I want to get I want to get a, a sneak peek inside it. They did a long piece on it uh, this past year, and and I think it's so cool because you know you got twenty four hours in a day. You're finding every single second to maximize, whether it's on your trip in, your trip out, right. you're watching game tape. Um, but it's pretty tricked out though. I I need to get in there though, Bruce. Hopefully, I can get do a little feature on it or something this year. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I mean, I saw a little picture of it just a little little bit ago but um man that thing looks sweet i might have to top my wife into something like that (laughs) there you go bruce let's get into this 2018 draft class because i don't know uh, do you look at it as a historic class or are teams overvaluing the position this year just because they're so desperate to get that franchise quarterback that only a handful of teams have see and, and i think that's a part of it chris i mean a lot of general managers coaches it comes around this time of year they're trying to find that next Philip Rivers, a guy that's going to play for him for 15 years, a Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. Those guys don't just fall off the trees, you know? So sometimes I don't like how teams continue to try to reach for guys. Now, I think there's some good quarterbacks in this draft, um, but I think they all have their flaws as well. And a lot of times there's so many variables that go into it. You know, myself playing quarterback, you know, I wanted to be in the right system, the right coach, the right team around me. That's how I would succeed. You know, I wasn't a guy um, that had the biggest arm or the tallest player. So 
some of these guys coming out, I look at, it depends on what situations they go to. I mean, out of these top quarterbacks, it might be a guy that ends up slipping later in the first round like an Aaron Rodgers did. And then you go to a better organization That's with a, a point. better team around you. Um, so there's so many variables that go into this, but I do think there's some definitely young talent in this group. It's just it's so hard to predict how it's going to shape up. Bruce, what's the most important trait for a quarterback coming into the NFL? Something that if you don't have it, you could be in for a short career. I think it's got to be, you have to be unflappable. I mean, you have to be able to ride the waves of the ups and downs because it's never going to be perfect, so you can't expect it to be. You know, now is one thing as as a younger player, I started 11 games as a rookie, you know, and, and I lost my first start, but that was probably my best game as a rookie, playing the Saints in the Superdome two for 230 yards, a couple touchdowns, and we had a chance to win. Um, but and, and after that game, I mean, I was crushed. Like, I just lost the Super Bowl. But I think you have to be able to ride those waves. There's going to be highs and lows for these young rookie quarterbacks, but you have to continue pursuing it, working hard, and keep trying to get better each and every day and know that you don't have to do it all. I mean, if you're fortunate enough to go to a good team of good players around you, uh, just manage the game, you know, just execute those plays. And, um, but sometimes that's, it's hard to do. All right, I want to get quick thoughts on the five quarterbacks that we expect to go in the first round. Of course, we have no idea what's going to happen on draft day in a couple of weeks. But Sam Darnold, the guy that we both saw in that downpour in USC. And for, first, Bruce, you were in California for two days, Southern California for two All days, right. and it was downpour for both of them? All right. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> me and you were talking at, at USC. And, you know, of course, the morning started out beautiful. The sun's rising. It's like, man, I'm in Southern Cal. This is awesome. Coming from cold uh, Ohio weather, or you know, Pennsylvania weather, wherever I was coming from. And, and then two days straight, just a downpour. It was, it like, was a nightmare. I, just, I was like, I just want to see some sun for like 10 minutes. And everyone kept talking, oh, it never rains in, in California, Southern Cal. And I was like, well, it's rained both days I've been here. Oh, man. It was, it was just tough luck for you. But I think I talked to you about Darnold. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he's your top guy. What makes him your top guy? Yeah, I think, you know, when me and you were, we were, when we were watching his pro day, I thought it was impressive. I said, he, I thought he had good feet. You know, you saw his feet sometimes during the season, and sometimes he ejects from the pocket too soon. But I thought his feet looked good. He was getting his feet set to his target. He was accurate. The ball was coming out of his hand nice. I know they talk a little bit about his delivery, but I don't worry about all that because it came out good and sharp and crisp. And then it starts raining, and he threw well. And at the time, I, I wasn't like, man, this is my number one guy. I'm for sure set on him. I was anxious to see Allen later in that week, too. Yeah. But I think the things I like about Darnold is that, you know, he played linebacker in high school. It just shows you the mentality he has. And I just think the guy's a winner. I think he's similar to Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't want to anoint him that fast, but he has that playmaking capability. You know, when things break down or to, to make a play, he can do that. And that's what I like about him. I was going to pub this later, but he was on your, your grad school podcast, which first, the, the name is fantastic, but uh, what impressed you <laughs> most from your conversation with him uh, on the pod? 
Yeah, I, I had him on, on my podcast, the Bruce Gregkowski podcast, grad school. You know, I, I figured the artwork, dude, the artwork, out. the artwork is money. <laughs> so, I mean, it was cool because Darnold's a real humbled guy. You know, he he's a young kid, man. He's still only 20. But getting to talk to him, you know what I was impressed with is he was a hooper. I mean, he was a basketball player in high school, and that was part of the reason why or how he got recruited to college. And it was similar to, like, my story. And we talked about it on the podcast about um, him playing basketball and how he's a pretty good basketball player. And that's what happened to me, too. You know, Toledo recruited me late, and they wanted me to walk on. And I had a, a smaller offer to one double A school. And they're like, we want you to walk on. And I said, you know, I'm good. It's easier on my parents. And then they came to watch me play basketball that week, saw I was athletic. I mean, shoot, Chris, I was averaging 25 a game, you know, and wow. um, so I, I could I could play a little bit. And so then they offered me after that. So I, I thought it was cool that Darnold's situation was a little similar. His football coach was sending out some of his basketball tape to schools for football. That's cool. I think Josh Allen was another hooper. He's 6'4", 237. And everybody's fallen in love with this kid's measurables and his arm as they should. But I want to bring up this point because back in 2003, if I'm not mistaken, Bruce, you set a MAC conference record with completion percentage, 71.2. You look at Josh Allen, two full seasons, 56%. How concerning is the accuracy when you talk about translating it to the NFL? Yeah, I think I think you have to look at the whole body of work. I mean, does he have the weapons around him? Um, was it more drops? Was it receivers not separating, getting open? Or was it him missing throws? I mean, I saw I saw him miss some throws in the Iowa and Oregon game and easy throws that he should complete. Um, but he has a ton of upside. I mean, you know, when I was saying earlier about I wasn't set on Darnold when I saw him in person. It wasn't like the guy blew me away. Like Darnold's I think consistent, like your, your safe bet, you know, you watch them. But then um, I was like, man, I want to see Allen, all this hype. You know, I want to see him in person throw this ball. And when I saw Allen, you know, I was standing back there with Troy Aikman and I looked at Troy and I was like, you know, I'm already taking Darnold. I mean, it was like in my mind that I was sold on Darnold after 10 throws from Allen. And I think it was just, for me, it was just a sense of urgency. I saw more of a sense of urgency from Darnold and his feet and his arm moving around the pocket. He treated it more like a game. Allen, I didn't feel that. I felt like he was a tad late on his throws. I felt like, you know, the accuracy, some balls are hitting guys in the stomach, not the face, Um, and, and just a tad late. But I think he has a ton of room to grow. I think he has all the measurables that, shoot, I wish I had. Um, so there's a lot of great things to love about Allen. Um, but just comparing the two real quick, I mean, that's kind of what I saw being at their pro days. The other quarterback in Los Angeles, Josh Rosen, probably made more headlines than any of the quarterbacks this draft season from Jim Moore's comments to, I think he recently said he plans to surpass Brady and rings. That's his mentality going right. into the NFL. Uh, what do you think of Josh Rosen? He looks to be a guy that's going to be a top five pick. You know, I think Josh Rosen out of all these guys is the most ready to play right now. I mean, the guy is so smart and that's what I heard from coaches. They're like this guy on the board, it would be fun to work with him because he would actually push you as a coach. So that was cool to hear. My concerns with Rosen is his durability. I don't think he's a guy that 
can escape the pocket or, or make plays outside. So how many hits is he going to take? And that also depends where he goes, you know, and what kind of situation. If he goes to a good situation, Rosen's the type of guy that could be have a really good successful career. And guys also uh, question, does he, you know, how much does he love football? And, and that's why I think his comments recently about winning more Super Bowls than Brady. I don't mind hearing that stuff. You know, now it's a little far fetched. It's like, look, how about you know talking about I'm going to be a franchise quarterback and win the starting job or something? But yeah, let's start baby I steps. Do, I, <laughs> right, right. But I do respect he's got some dreams and goals, and I think he's, I think he has to do that because of of how many people are questioning his love for the game. So he kind of has to go a little overboard and be like. So now people are like, oh, wait, this guy really does want to be great. So it's kind of catching some people's eyes. So I don't hate the comment because as a quarterback, you have to be confident in yourself. So I kind of like seeing that. Um, he's just a little further down my list. He's my fourth guy just because of the durability factor. I mean, I think if he's in the right situation, I mean, he's going to be successful because he is so smart and he has all the tools. So I talked to Mike Mayock at – Rosen's pro day and he brought up the same exact thing that you did can he survive an NFL pocket I think he compared him to Sam Bradford he's a you know pure thrower but can he stay healthy and I think that's a question mark because he didn't have the 85 hogs blocking for him at UCLA you know what I mean so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes and what the fit is going to be there Um, if he's your four who's two and three so yeah, and like you said, I mean, that durability. I mean, look at Re- Re- Philip Rivers, 192 consecutive starts. That's I mean, insane. That is, to me, that's mind-blowing, you know, because when I had my chance to start with, with the Raiders, and I know you Chargers fans hate hearing that, but when I was with the Raiders and I was starting, I mean, that was my opportunity to try to be a franchise guy or try to be a legitimate starter, and I dealt with injuries. I couldn't keep myself healthy. You know, I could have protected my body better, taking hits. And so it's cool to see Rivers continue to do that. But so my, my number one is Darnold. Two, I do have is Allen. My three is uh, Baker Mayfield. I, I'm high on Baker Mayfield. I think the only thing holding him back is his size. Um, I love the way he throws the ball. I think he's very accurate and efficient. You know, he also has thrown to a lot of wide open guys. Um, in college, so it's that, that Oklahoma offense I think some people worry about. But me, a concern of mine was sometimes his footwork. You know, being a shorter guy, you have to get out out from underneath center. You have to get deep on your drops and, and separate yourself from that line of scrimmage. And at the combine, I didn't see that from him too well. You know, and people want to compare him to Drew Brees or Russell Wilson, but, you know, Russell Wilson's explosive. You know, and then Drew Brees, he's a technician in that pocket. I mean, the guy's footwork is amazing. It's like a clinic, a tape clinic. And um, and, and that's something Mayfield could get better at. But I like the guys. I, Moxie, I think he's confident. He's a leader. He's like an alpha dog. Yeah. I mean, guys will follow him. And then, um, and then four rows. And then five is Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson has you know, a ton of upside. I think the guy is a quarterback and can be very successful with the right coach and the right system. Um, I just, you know, the things Lamar Jackson, I feel like Lamar Jackson is actually more of a distraction um, off the field right now than Baker Mayfield because of not hiring an agent, you know, having a QB coach that he's worked with, I think like in the past where it's, 
so when I watched Lamar Jackson's footwork, it was actually worse at his pro day than it was at the combine. And that's what I just, I was disappointed because I was high on Lamar Jackson. I'm like, come on, man, like get the right people around you because this is the biggest part of your, your career right now. And, um, because I think he can do it. And, um, I just would like to see him get a little bit better coaching. I mean, I don't know the guys that are coaching him, so I don't want to judge too much, but just watching, for instance, if you're throwing a slant, a slant route from under center and you're a quarterback, you're going to take a three-step drop out of center, plant and throw. Well, he was taking a three-step drop. He'd hitch up in the pocket and throw. Well, number one, you can't do that because number one, you'll be late. And number two, you're decreasing the separation between you and the offensive line. If you hitch up on a three-step drop, those big hogs in front of you are going to be right in your lap. So um, those were a few things that stood out to me, but the guy has things that you can't coach. You know, he's that electrifying to watch on film. So someone's going to be lucky when they get him. Yeah, no, nobody's thrown for 3,000 yards and rushed for 1,000 yards in consecutive seasons in the history of college football. So I think that explosiveness is what everybody is intrigued by. So it's it's going to be high drama at the draft, and we'll see where he goes. Bruce, I want to get you out of here on this. There's a guy from Toledo, Logan Woodside, that – I think Mike Mayock talked to me about, I think I talked to you briefly about him. He broke your school records, passing yards, passing touchdowns. This is a guy who could be a sleeper in mid to late rounds. Do you think he has an NFL career in front of him? Yeah, Chris, I, I taught him everything he knew. <laughs> I bet no, you did. No. <laughs> but no, he, you know what? I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I've known him since he got to Toledo. I like his attitude and his work ethic. <clears throat> I was at his pro day as well the same week as, uh, Darnold's and Allen. And I think Logan has the arm strength. He has a full, his feet look actually better than all these guys coming out. And, um, so I see him as a guy right outside those top five guys. You know, I like Woodside. I mean, they're talking about maybe that Luletta to the new England, and I'd love to see Logan end up there, but I think the guy can be really successful in the NFL. If he takes care of his business and keeps working hard. Bruce, promote your podcast and uh, where we can find you on social and, and keep up. Yeah, I mean, I think – so my podcast is the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, follow me on Twitter, bgradkowski5. I've been uh, breaking some of these guys down. I'm on Facebook as well, the Bruce Gradkowski Grad School. And just – I've been showing a bunch of clips of these quarterbacks, a little Mason Rudolph. My Mason Rudolph clip is pretty funny. You, Chris, you should watch it. It's on my, I think, Instagram and Twitter. Um, my kid's actually a surprise appearance. My daughter's in it. <laughs> but, the, those are the best ones. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, she, you know, I had some language slip, and she was right there for it. But <laughs> That's hilarious. But, yeah, I have fun with breaking these guys down, so it, it, it's fun. Awesome, man. Well, hey, you're doing awesome work. I, it was it was great meeting you at the pro day, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch throughout the off season as we as we get closer to the regular season. Bruce, appreciate it, brother. All right, thanks, Chris. Have a good one. All right, Colleen Wolf of NFL Network joins me on Chargers Weekly, and Colleen, seriously, I don't know if I've met anyone who's had a better 2018 than you so far. Right? <laughs> Eagles win the Super Bowl. The Sixers look like the 92 dream team right now you're crushing it on nfl network you're hosting good morning football early in the week path to the draft atn podcast who has it better than you right now 
Man, it has been so crazy. I'm not used to all of this. I mean, seriously, like it, it, it honestly started with the NFC Championship game, being in Philadelphia for that, and then going to Minneapolis and watching Brian Dawkins get into the Hall of Fame there. Like now I'm going to see him going to Canton, and then the next day the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I go home to the parade. Like it has been so insane. It's been so much fun. You have Villanova in the title game. I, I mean, know. Craziness, like, man. You know what? I'm just exhausted from all of this winning. <laughs> <laughs> Philly's, Philly's a winning town right now. Colleen, what do you think teams can learn from that Eagle Super Bowl run? Because it was pretty unprecedented. I don't think a lot of people going into the 2017 season thought that the Philadelphia Eagles would be raising the Lombardi. No, uh-uh. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Eagles fans thought that, even the most optimistic ones. And then as soon as we started watching Carson Wentz and the way that that defense really came together. I mean, there are a couple of things because obviously when Carson Wentz went down, everybody was like, Oh my God, because those first couple games, Nick Foles looked awful. But I think it's the, the importance of having a good backup quarterback is huge. And so many teams, as soon as their starting quarterback goes down, then all of their dreams and aspirations of making any type of run are finished. So that, for one, and obviously coupled with the way that they game planned for him, I mean, that that was huge in the way that everything ended up happening. But in addition to that, on the other side of the ball, you look at that defensive line and just the depth that they had and the way that they're able to rotate guys in so they always have fresh legs. I mean, there are so many guys with so much talent on that team that they could be starters with a bunch of other teams, but they're, they're not. And it, it's just amazing because they don't, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a team filled with guys that have huge egos. And I think that that's a really big part of it because everyone sort of has a little piece in the entire puzzle. No doubt. And, and so much has happened since that Super Bowl around the league from player movement to new coaches. And of course, for Chargers fans, it starts in the AFC West and taking care of the division. I mean, so many people around the league, many of them are pointing to the Chargers as the favorites to win the division for the first time since 2009. What have your conversations about the Chargers been like over the past few months? Well, it's funny because I swear every year I get really excited about the Chargers. Yeah. Every single year. <laughs> and so it's happening again this year. And now I'm like, I don't know. Do I buy into this? Do I believe it? But I think this year it's a lot different because you look around at the division and the division looks a lot different. I mean, it's always the Chiefs that give them such a hard time. And now you don't know what it's going to be like with Patrick Mahomes as the starter. I mean, yeah, he had a good game when he came in and when he started, but he's still basically a rookie. Yeah. And I, the Chargers are set up so well. You look at that offense, there's not a lot of offenses that have as many offensive weapons as are at Philip Rivers' disposal. I mean, as long as they can stay healthy, I think that they have a really good shot. They came so close last year, and it was just, you know, again, it was the Chiefs. Damn the Chiefs! I know, the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs are those two games. But, you know, you're right, though, Colleen. <laughs> we, we get swept up in these off-season storylines with Alex Smith being traded and Patrick Mahomes coming in. It's fun, it's new, but historically, you look around the league, building a champion it starts with drafting well, taking care of your own players, and using free agency as kind of that complementary tool to bolster your roster. And that's why, you know, from a Chargers perspective, I'd be encouraged because there isn't much more you need to do to the roster. I think their big splash was getting Mike Pouncey 
and then locking in Casey Hayward. But just because there wasn't a lot of activity this offseason doesn't mean that you, you should look at 2018 and be like, oh, well, we, we didn't make any big splashes. You have all the pieces you need. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it really, Tom Telesco didn't really have to do a whole lot. I mean, I think that it's kind of encouraging when you have a quiet free agency period. It's not exciting for the fans. You're not signing and spending all of this money on, like, the top guys on the market. But, like, if you don't need them, that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of times the, the, the problem with the Chargers are the injuries. And you guys have the talent there, and you have a lot of the positions are good to go. And so I think that that coupled with the way that the division is right now, I think that there's a really good shot. Now, I really do wonder what is going to happen in terms of the draft and if you guys, the Chargers, end up drafting a quarterback. That's the million-dollar question, because at number 17 overall, you've been doing path to the draft with Bucky and DJ, and there's so many possibilities there, whether it's linebacker, defensive tackle. Those are, I think, immediate positions of need, but they have done such a good job drafting you know, late-round guys like Desmond King and getting guys like Austin Eckler that you, have, you may have an opportunity to get the quarterback of the future at number 17. Yeah, yeah, and it's like all of, all of this talk is constantly been about Eli. Now, that's obviously because they're in the number two spot there. But Eli, I mean, Philip Rivers is going to be, I think they're going to be the same age this season, correct? 37, around there? Yeah, I think Philip turns I mean, 37, both from the class of 2004. Yes, that's right. So it's probably time to, to draft someone. I mean, Obviously not someone who's going to be an immediate starter, but someone just to sort of sit and groom and, and, and be there for the next chapter. Colleen, who's the guy at quarterback in this draft? I talked to Judy Batista about this last week because not all five guys that go in the first round, I think we're projecting five guys that go in the first round, not all of them are going to hit. It never happens. So who do you think is mm-hmm. the, the can't-miss guy in 2018? The can't-miss out of, out of all of them. Wow. I mean – it's so hard. It's hard. I look, I look at a guy like Sam Darnold, and you know the the turnovers worry me. His footwork worries me, but also like he's got that arm. And then you look at Josh Allen, who now he's got a cannon of an arm, but like his accuracy is all over the place. And so you just don't know. And then and then you hear all of the stuff about Josh Rosen maybe not getting along with all the different coaching staff because he's so smart and, you know, he wants to know the whys and the answers to all the different questions. And uh, I mean, just for me, I always end up looking at, I always gravitate towards the things, the concerns, (laughs) which I don't know if that's like the Philly in me coming out. No, you're right. Everybody's got a knock, Colleen. All of these guys have something that is is a concern. Uh, But at the same time, this could be one of those historic classes where I don't think we've ever seen four guys go in the top ten. We could have five guys go in the top ten. Maybe even six. I mean, if you're looking at Mason Rudolph, too. And Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's been I, I I've seen mock drafts and I've heard a lot of talk about possibly six going, which would be insane. Yeah, we we haven't seen that before. I, I talked to Bruce Gradkowski right before you about this draft process and how long it feels. But at the same time, there's no shortage of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, there's uncertainty every season going into this draft process. You look at the first round board. This year, I feel like there's so many possibilities. How unpredictable does this draft feel, Colleen? Oh, my God. I mean, it, it, because Saquon Barkley, you know, coming into this, 
you think, okay, this is the guy with the most talent, hands down. But obviously the quarterback position then garners all of this other attention and throws everything up in the air. And the fact that Cleveland has two picks in the top five, I feel like, you know, you don't know what way the Giants are going to go at number two. And so you know, now we're hearing all the stuff about the Giants really liking Bradley Chubb. Well, is that a smoke screen to throw at Cleveland to make sure Cleveland goes quarterback first so then they can go, the Giants can go Saquon too? I mean, there's, there's so many different permutations that, that can come out of this. That's why I, the amount of mock drafts I've read is just nauseating at this point, yeah. and I'm like, ready to go insane because I just want the draft to be here already. But yeah, I mean, it's so that's what makes it so much fun, though, because you have the Patriots who are sitting there with all of these picks, and it's like, come draft night, are they going to trade up? Are they going to get a quarterback? Like, will they end up getting Bradley Chubb? Will they trade up for that? I mean, will they trade up at all, or will they just use all of these picks for talent? It's so unpredictable. And the amount of teams that need quarterback means that so much talent is going to fall as well. And we don't know if some of these teams are just so desperate to get that franchise quarterback that they're they're willing to give up a lot more than they should. Because I, I think that there's right. an appetite around the league to find that Carson Wentz, to find that Jared Goff, as guys like Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Roethlisberger, Eli Phillip are all kind of on the back nine of their careers. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. I think back in the day, teams would a lot of times let quarterbacks fall to them, and that is so not the case anymore. I mean, all of these teams, they they get antsy, and then they end up trading up because they want their guy. We saw it happen last year with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's, it's amazing what teams will give up, and a lot of times these guys don't hit which it's amazing because you look at the, the guys that they end up passing up, which is insane. And there's so many talented players in this draft. It's going to be so interesting. Colleen, get you out of here on this. Other than the draft, there's been like a million things that have happened this offseason. What's been the biggest storyline or storylines in your eyes over the last two or three months? Oh, my gosh. Like pick uh, one, right? You can't. That is like, that's the hardest question ever because it's like just seeing all of the, I I mean, look at all of the moves that the Rams have made. That team right now is insane. And and look at all the things and all of the guys that the Browns have brought in. I mean, they are not just sitting ducks right now. I mean, they just signed Jarvis Landry to that that massive contract. Yeah, that just happened. There's just been so many, yeah, so many great moves. I mean, I, I think to me the Rams are probably the biggest surprise and, and the biggest storyline of the offseason just because of the amount of big-name guys that they landed. Well, you know what, Colleen? We have this in common because I, gr- I grew up a Redskins fan and you grew up an Eagles fan, and this has a very dream teamish feel. Like I go back to 2000 <laughs> yeah. with the Redskins when it was like Dion and Bruce Smith and Jeff George. They're just signing guys left and right, and then obviously that 2011 Eagles team, we all know about them. Um, I think yeah. this is a little bit different with the Rams in that they, they got guys that are on cost-controlled deals, but at the same time, it's a lot of personalities. I give them credit for going for it, but you know, it, it's still 50-50 as to how it's going to shake out. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Wade Phillips, he definitely has his hands full with that room. But I think, you know, if they're winning like they were doing last year, then a lot of those problems don't end up coming to the surface. 
Colleen, what do you have going on the next couple of weeks? I know it's it's probably path to the draft. Are you going out of Dallas? Yeah, I uh, I'm going down to Dallas. I'm going to be doing all the uh, in stadium hosting um, for nights one and two of the draft with Michael Irvin. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be super fun. That's awesome. Um, and then we're going to be me and. Kyle Brandt are going to be roaming around the Saturday of draft, just talking to fans and, and just, you know, checking everything out. I'll, I guess they have a ton of different things that the fans can get involved with this year uh, that weren't in Philadelphia or Chicago before, a lot more activities and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're going to have me, like, kicking field goals and doing crazy <laughs> things and embarrassing myself. So that is something to look forward to. <laughs> your, hey, your 2018 just keeps getting better, right? That's right. Colleen, thanks for joining us. I will uh, hopefully see you soon and uh, hope to have you on here before the regular season. All right. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. And that'll do it. My thanks to Colleen and Bruce for joining me. And thanks to you all for listening. Remember, we are less than two weeks away from the NFL Draft and Chargers Weekly has you covered. If you haven't done it yet, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you could, please leave a review. Help spread the word. Enjoy the weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Harry.